Welcome to another edition of the All Cardinals Podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out. My name is Donnie Drew, joined by Richie Bradshaw every week to bring you all the latest and greatest Arizona Cardinals news, analysis, insight, and more. Go to follow our work at allcardinals.com. At Donnie Drew and on Twitter at Richie Brads36. Richie, today we are beginning our player profile series for the Cardinals 2023 NFL draft class. How could we not start with number six overall pick Paris Johnson Jr. off the tackle out of Ohio State? Before we dig super deep into Paris Johnson and what he brings to the Cardinals, how are you? I can't complain, my friend. You know, just another day in the life of uh, working a day job and then coming and Talking sports with one of my best friends in the whole wide world. Wouldn't have it any other way except not having the day job. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Well, even Dolly Parton worked nine to five for a little bit. So I wouldn't hang your head a little bit too hard there. That's going to be stuck in my head now. Thank you so much. You are so welcome, my man. But like I said, the first of many rookie profiles here is we're going to go ahead and get started with Paris Johnson Jr. The Cardinals traded down from number three to number 12 before moving back up to get Ohio State offensive tackle slash offensive guard Paris Johnson Jr. Um, a little bit of the profile that Richie wrote, which will be tagged in the bio of this video. Two years started with experience at both guard spots and left tackle. He's prototype built at 6'6", 313, above average arm length and good functional strength, 29 bench reps. Pushing heavy iron there at 225 at the combine and a formerly highly recruited prospect who translated at a top program. Richie, um, like I said just a minute ago, you wrote a profile on PJJ. You dove deeper than most people did whenever you went and wrote that piece. What did you find on Paris Johnson Jr.? Um, you know, just going from high school to college, you know, he played at Ohio State. What do you think overall as a prospect of him at the next level? I think that right now, this is definitely something that you can get an edge for, but it's also something that isn't necessarily like guaranteed to eventually become part of your game is I feel like he lacks the nastiness that you see out of guys like Trent Williams and Joe Thomas back in the heyday. But I also just named two of the greatest of all time. Paris Johnson is a really finesse, great technician who knows how to use the length. He knows how to use his stance. I think he keeps his feet very well. He plants them. He doesn't get out too outside. He uses his length in a great way. Now, where I'd like to see him improve is definitely a little bit more power. With a guy that's over 300 pounds and has 29 bench reps, I want to see the ability to you know, bully guys off the snap. And overall, I feel like, I, I feel like I'm doing more nitpicking than anything because I think that he can anchor. And that is so important when you're talking about a franchise left tackle is the ability to hold your own out in space against some of the best edge rushers in football, because it doesn't matter these days if you line up on the right side or the left side, you're going to have to go up against elite pass rushers. Looking at the NFC West alone, you've got to deal with, um, oh God, did the Seahawks draft anyone? I, I know they got a Chenna Nwasu. Uh, they were able to get good production from like Daryl Taylor and some other guys. But you got Nick Bosa in that division. Uh, Leonard Floyd is in that division for the Rams. Like there's, there's a Aaron lot Donald whenever really... he lines up on the edge too, because the Rams move yeah. him all across the defensive line. They do. There's a lot of good pass rushers in the NFC West alone, let alone the NFC Conference. And I understand that Paris Johnson is likely to start his career on the inside at left guard, but when he eventually takes over at the left tackle spot, because let's be honest, Donnie, you didn't trade up to take Paris Johnson Jr. and make him a career guard. No, 
Short of him becoming Zach Martin at guard, this is your left tackle of the future. He's eventually going to get to that spot. If he's able to blend in some more nastiness and use that raw strength that he has to be able to be a big, powerful guy, he's going to become one of the best in the league. But until then, he's still very good. If he were to start at left tackle for day one of the Cardinals, I would be bold enough to say, I, yeah, you know what? I'd be bold enough to say he would be in the top half of the league just for left tackles. I would place him in the top half of the league. And this is coming from a guy who had Broderick Johnson as my number one tackle. I think that the floor is higher for Paris Johnson. And I think that Paris Johnson can be a quicker, immediate day one impact than any other lineman in this draft class. Really quick, Project Jones, the the Georgia tackle. That's that was my dude, and okay. that's a guy who had nastiness. That was the reason I was so turned on to him as a prospect. So the the mean streak doesn't, or lack of mean streak, doesn't really stick out to me in a negative way. Obviously, you would love to have. Now we're not talking like DeAndre Ayton, right? Like he's not. Ugh, don't start. Don't start. <laughs> start. This is a Cardinals podcast, Donnie. Oh man! Um, you bring me on a second podcast, I'll lose it. Yeah, we we can expect Paris Johnson to play with a little mean streak, right? Like he's not some Absolutely. teddy bear that just loves to put a football helmet on and try it out there and make millions of dollars, right? Like he's going to hold up his end of the bargain. It's something I really, really liked. I forgot who he was talking to. I think he went on like a podcast where he appeared on like, like NFL total access or something, but he said he was excited to play against guys like Nick Bosa and Mike Parsons, because those are the best of the best. And he wants to test himself. He wants to challenge himself. And it's like, if you, if you come to the NFL and you're scared, you better go to church. To quote Ice Cube, if you're scared, go to church because there are guys like Nick Bosa who you are going to face twice a year for the next 10 years, and you're going to have crazy battles with them in order to find out if you can host a home playoff game or if you're going to be picking in the mid-rounds of the NFL draft every year, right? I mean, so Parashanta Jr., the first of what I hope to be a very, very long and just tremendous process of bulking up the Cardinals talent. Here are the uh, the pro football focus premium stats. It throws out there so we didn't get sued by them. Uh, premium stats from PFF on Paris Johnson Jr. So when you look at his career at Ohio State, he accomplished a lot winning program with the Buckeyes. He really only started the last two years of his career. If you look at the, the snaps in the bottom left of the page, really only, what is that, 26 snaps altogether his freshman year. And like we're talking about a Buckeyes program that just has NFL talent churning year in and year out. So very, very rarely is a freshman or a sophomore, for that matter, going to go to a program like Ohio State and make an instant impact. But you saw him in 2021. 768 snaps at right guard, every single one of them. And then 2022, last year, 827 snaps at left tackle. He can play left tackle. He can play at right guard. He showed the ability to play both on the outside and the inside. I know we talked a little bit about it, um, where he might align in 2023 versus where he might go in the future. Where do you best see him projecting and fitting along the Cardinals offensive line, not just for this year, but moving forward? For strictly the future this is your franchise left tackle. That is what you drafted him for. I mentioned earlier, you didn't trade up to select him and make him a guard. And unless he becomes Zach Martin or Quentin Nelson, he is going to be 
at left tackle. DJ Humphreys is going to get expensive. He's going to be in his 30s very, very soon. He quietly is entering his ninth season in the league, which is insane to think about. Wild. Yeah, it does not feel like he's been there that long, but he's going to continue to be expensive. There's going to be opportunities to relieve cap space by letting him go. And that's when Paris Johnson comes in. I can tell you, Donnie, I think 2023, Johnson is your left guard. I think 2024, there's a 50-50 chance. If Humphreys plays good enough in 2023, you don't get a ton of cap savings in 2024 by releasing him. You could bring him back. However, prior, not prior, uh, post-2024, the 2025 offseason, that's when I don't see Humphreys on this roster anymore. Short of him turning into a Hall of Famer, which he's not going to, this is when Johnson Jr. absolutely takes over. At the latest is year three. I think year two is probably an extremely realistic possibility for a Cardinals team that's going to want to get younger, Donnie. They don't want to have a bunch of 30-year-olds on their team when they're rebuilding and trying to create this image in a first-time general manager and a first-time head coach. They're going to want to have their guys in there. First of all, they didn't draft DJ Humphreys. They they didn't extend DJ Humphreys. They don't have any loyalty to him. You know who they do have loyalty to? The left tackle that they traded up in the draft for. So I think that the future for him is cornerstone left tackle. He might not be that guy in 2023. Then again, he very well could be. If DJ Humphreys comes out the gate and is terrible, don't be surprised if they go to Johnson and keep seriously a short leash on Humphreys. If I'm if I'm Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austin for it, I am looking for every reason to get Johnson on the field, whether it's a guard or tackle or whatever have you. But I'll also tell you that I look at the rest of this offensive line and I'm like, mm, the moment you mess up, I am taking your ass off the field and I'm getting my guys in there. And Johnson Jr. will be on the field day one for the team, probably at left guard. He could absolutely be the left tackle by the end of the year, depending on the play of Humphreys. If Humphreys plays well enough, he'll be able to stave him off. The moment he messes up, not only is the coaching staff going to want him, the fans are going to want him. Yeah, especially whenever you you make the move up from 12 to 6 to go get him. And granted, like it wasn't like he was going to be there for the team at 12 because Paris, not Paris, uh, Ian Rappaport did report that the Falcons at number 8 would have taken Paris Johnson if he was available to them. Um, and said they, they ended up taking B. John Robinson. That's a whole other story. Um, moving back to the, the whole topic at left tackle, though. Um, DJ Humphreys, three years left on his deal. There is a potential out in his contract after this year, heading into 2024, where I think their dead cap hit would be $13.8 million, which is about half of his dead cap hit of like 26 point whatever in 2023. So I think maybe even regardless um, they're going to want to get Paris Johnson Jr. at least at a year – um, a year or two experience that left tackle before they eventually have to move and you know, decide whether or not they're going to pick up his fifth year option. Now, granted, that's a very long time down the road. There's plenty of football left to be played. But I think touching on what you said, and this is a really good transition, what the offensive line is going to look like this year. Humphreys, I think day one is a starter at left tackle. Um, left guard and center we'll touch on here in a second. Will Hernandez, I think, has the right guard spot locked up. And then Kelvin Beecham, who they re-signed in the offseason, also at right tackle, despite Kyler Murray asking Paris if he can play at right tackle during his visit. Ha, 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 ha. Um, center, I butcher his name every time I talk about him. 
Yarni Frohold, the the nice um, Viking gentleman they signed from the Cleveland Browns. I think it's between him and Lissita Smith to start at center for the Cardinals next year. I'm going to put my money not on Lissita Smith. And then at left guard, I mean... That's Paris Johnson. Yeah, I, I can't see a guy like Josh Jones winning that job. Um, no. I think Josh and Jones again, is... they a, don't have the loyalty to him, Donnie. They don't have the loyalty to Josh Jones. Yeah, but like Josh Jones has been a, a very versatile piece for them, and I think he's been good whenever he has played. But oh, man, I, agree. I, I, like I, I just think... You're, you're, especially because like it's not a quarterback. You're not going to sit the number six overall pick, right? Like he's no. going to play in 2023. Yes. Yeah. So 100%. like without a doubt, I think he'll play. Um, I think we'll have the opportunity to make an instant impact too. I mean, you look at his PFF grades: an 80.9 run blocking grade, a 77.8 pass blocking grade. I think his overall grade of 83 in 2022 was fifth among offensive linemen graded by PFF. If I remember correctly, two sacks given up last year, only one quarterback hit allowed through his three years and playing um, very, very impressive numbers. And like you said, just kind of put a bow on this conversation, the opportunity for the Cardinals to protect Kyler Murray, get their cornerstone guy for the future moving forward at left tackle, get that youth movement going in the trenches I think the Cardinals did a phenomenal job with this pick, and I think this is a pick that can pay dividends not only immediately but long-term as well. 100%. Donnie, the Cardinals have been searching for a left tackle of the future probably longer than I've been alive. I You could make up an all-time Cardinals roster, and even for the worst winning percentage team in the history of the NFL, you can still make a damn good roster that's got ridiculous talent at wide receiver. They now have a mobile quarterback in Kyler Murray. How crazy is it that he's already their best quarterback? Decent running backs and impossible to throw on secondary. Absolutely impossible. But you look at that offensive line, it's like you got Conrad Dobler at one of the guard spots. May he rest in peace. And you've got Dan Duerdorf at the right tackle spot. And it's like, what are we doing with the rest of the spots? Like, there's really Levi not Brown. much going on here. Oh, that is, you shouldn't have mentioned him. <laughs> He's a real piece of work. <laughs> but um, they've they've been searching for that left tackle longer than I've been alive. And if I'm missing someone, let me know. But either way, I feel pretty confident in saying they have not had that guy. I, in, in my lifetime, DJ Humphreys is the best left tackle they've had. And he's got a Pro Bowl, but did he, he really deserve it? Neither here nor there. They are hoping that Johnson Jr. can finally be the answer for them at that position. I think that he potentially can be. Real quick, I do want to mention, because I don't want it to be construed in a different way. When I talked at the top about him lacking that nastiness, let me be, let me be perfectly clear. I'm talking about the kind of nastiness that revolves around trash talk and revolves around you being the meanest, baddest guy on the field, like Will Hernandez has. He's got prison yard mentality, as he called it himself. But don't get it twisted. Paris Johnson Jr. is not going to be your friend. He is there to whip your, you know what, for 60 minutes and sometimes longer. You know what's funny? I said ass earlier in the show. But <laughs> the point is he, is, he is not there to be your friend. And he is plenty nasty. The nastiness I'm talking about is a luxury 
Paris Johnson Jr. doesn't ever have to get to that point to be a Pro Bowl worthy tackle. And I think that that is the that is the case for him. We won't complain if he gives you mm-hmm. that luxury, but he still has a mentality of I'm going to bury you on every snap. He's absolutely there. So don't get it twisted, people. No, to to kind of wrap this episode up, I remember during the pre-draft process, Jonathan Gannon was asked, um, you know, if he and Monty Austin Ford had agreed on a certain list of guys that they wanted to pick in the first round. And he had mentioned that out of 10 guys they named, they agreed on like eight, like seven or eight of them. And then a little bit later in the offseason, he was asked if they like had their guy. And he was like, yeah, and we're going to go get him. And it turned out to be Paris Johnson Jr. And of course. Um, and I did we we said it a couple times this episode already, but like what a phenomenal pick for them to kind of start their rebuild in the a right plus. way. You, you you think you have your franchise quarterback, you now think you have your cornerstone franchise left tackle. I mean, what a start to get this thing going. You mix that on top of the hopeful defensive prowess you have in Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rallis. We're talking. We are talking. That's not even talking about and including the 2024 draft capital where I think you have six picks in the first three rounds, potential two top five picks. We can get into that a bunch and bunch later. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the All Cardinals podcast. For Richie Bradshaw, I am Donnie Druin. The next profile, Richie, we have BJ Ojolari, and rush out of LSU. Really excited to get into him. Excited about him too. I, I think that he's just that speed rusher that – the Cardinals had with Chandler Jones in his prime. He's got to work on converting that speed to power, but in terms of blinding ability to bend the edge, I really like him. All right, save it, save it. I'm so excited to get into it. Save it. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much. Go ahead, comment, like, subscribe, all the good stuff. Until then, 